There are dark and unfathomable secrets discussed here. You will not attempt to understand them. There are dark and unfathomable secrets in this world. Mankind is not meant to know them. Agents of the program destroy the evidence and execute the practitioners of the knowledge these secrets impart. These recordings are the history of the failure of the program to do so. They always fail in the end. I've seen it. We've always seen it. We will always see it. We hope you enjoy your time with the program. The human nervous system has two main parts. The central nervous system, which consists of the brain and spinal cord, and the peripheral nervous system, which consists of the nerves that carry impulses to and from the central nervous system. In humans, the brain is especially large and well-developed. Traditionally, the human nervous system is contained within the integumentary system, or skin. This is likely the reason that when Jenny Jones found a brain, spine, set of eyes, and bundle of nerves connected together floating in the ditch in front of her property line in Marengo, Indiana, on June 11, 2021, she thought to alert the authorities. Upon, inv upon investigation of the scene, it was found that the corpse had floated into the ditch out of waters that ran through the nearby Marengo Cave National Landmark watershed due to flooding from recent rain showers. DNA testing proved that the corpse was what remained of Samuel Batka, a camper at the nearby cave who had gone missing over a year previously. Evidence of the rest of Sam's body was never found. Evidence of the video footage Jenny took on her Huai Mate 20 Pro of Sam's disembodied pupils focusing and unfocusing on her as his bundle of nerves writhed in the grimy water like a squid's tentacles choking in an oil spill were also never found. Though, the woman told local news she had video evidence before the ISB confiscated her phone. Two weeks later, the remains of Melissa Spurgeon were found in a 15-foot-wide pool of water during an underground field trip cave tour being hosted for the Thruf Elementary School's 6th grade class. The video taken and uploaded to TikTok by 12-year-old Gabriel Bueller of the remains floating towards the group and beaching itself across a walkway was removed within 24 hours. The children in the class that were hospitalized after the incident were said to have contacted a, contracted a virus carried by the corpse. With the identically mutilated corpses pointing to a spree killer operating on the lands of a national landmark, National Park Service's ISB Special Agent Nina Hartley was assigned to the case. The ISB is considered the FBI of the National Park Service. 33 special agents assigned to the investigative service branches, or investigative service branch handle the most complex crimes committed on NPS land. When a day hike in the, day hike in the Rocky Mountains, uh, sorry, when a day hike in Rocky Mountain National Park ends in a grisly death, where 74 pounds of heroin is found scattered amongst dead bodies and piles of $100 bills in the Mojave National Preserve, ISB agents are responsible for investigating the crime and taking suspects into custody. Nina Hartley, your contact in the ISB, began her career in law enforcement as a conservation officer after graduating from Ohio State University in 2006. She is a Delta Green friendly who alerted your handler of the unusual circumstances of the spree after seeing the footage recorded by Gabriel Bueller. She is unaware of the true nature of Delta Green, having been connected to the agency after agreeing to close a case she was investigating when a different Delta Green team was able to provide a convenient solution to the situation of a historic graveyard in a national park's tenants appearing above its surface overnight. Nina will help the agents in any way she can, but is too curious for her own good. Your team is assigned to the case as members of the FBI assisting in the investigation or consultants for the FBI who specialize in splunking, as preliminary investigations have discovered that the corpse contained high levels of organic compounds that are traditionally only located in the deepest reaches of the cave system. Your job is to find what's your your job is to find what is creating these corpses, decide if it is uh, of a paranormal 
nature, and if it is, destroy it, cover it up, solve the case. Do not let any local authorities know what is happening. Do not let word of what is happening get out. Kill anybody that you have to to make sure this does not leak to national news, if possible. Does anybody have any questions? Do we just immediately jump to killing, or is there any other mode? There, uh, I mean, you can jump to killing whenever you want to. It's just you are with impunity to solve this case. If it's of a paranormal, uh, if it's a paranormal cause, make sure nobody finds out. Cover it up in any way you have to. Got it. Yep. It's Delta Green, baby. You gotta do what you gotta do. Okay. We're going to cut to the scene. Uh, so, Soybean plants line a field stretching in view of the camera. A cancerous, cancerous growth of limestone is seen taking up the left side of the view. A tan 2018 Chevy Tahoe followed by a black 2019 Chevy Impala appears after passing through the highway the limestone jut was bisected to to make room for. We follow the cars for a moment. The sun high in the sky as they shift to the left lane to give space to a broken down truck with a black driver's side door that mismatches its otherwise teal paint job. We zoom in on the tinted windows of the Tahoe, the disordered reflection of the sun and soybean field briefly crossing over each other before being swallowed by the black glass. We pass, we pass the window and into the interior of the vehicle. Who's driving? Um, uh, what's everybody do? Yeah, should we do like a basic character introduction before we begin? or <clears throat> Is anybody uh, specifically good at driving? I've got a 50, if that counts. You're almost better than 20. Yeah, you're probably way higher. Okay, Tannen's driving. Okay, cool. Okay, Tannen's character, uh, the man without a video feed, if any of you are watching this on Twitch, is the driver. Tannen, what's your character's name? Uh, My character's name is uh, Agent uh, Elliot Nash. Okay. Um, He's uh, a member of the FBI. And, uh... What what time is this happening at? This it is roughly, uh, we'll say three p.m. on. Yeah. Pop my notes back over. It's like it's a you're roughly mid to late July, twenty twenty one. Okay. Cool. Well, then he's probably jet lagged or from the flight in. But oh uh, yeah, I should say uh, we can we can back up time. I apologize. Uh, you guys were gathered, you were contacted, you are all members of Delta Green. Uh, you were contacted by a handler uh, by the name of... Please? Oh, Agent Gregory is your handler. You've never met him in person. You were contacted by your handler. He filled you in on the details that I read a moment ago. Um, and you flew into Indianapolis National Airport. You met each other at the airport. Uh, was it for the first time, or had you guys have you guys worked together before? What's everybody do? Like, what's everybody? Surgeon. 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 And uh, FBI. FBI. Yeah. Okay, so it is unlikely. I so I'm a college professor, so I don't think I would know any of you. So this is your guys' first mission. This is all of your first mission as a Delta Green agent. Whatever happened to you, you somehow came in contact with the unnatural. 
Uh, you may have been a friendly for a time to the agency, but somehow there was something that we were that the agency was not able to cover up from you, and so they gave you a choice: you either join the agency, or they'll have you killed or driven, or they'll have you killed or driven insane or something to get rid of you. So, for your own reasons, you decided to join the agency. This is your first official mission as Delta Green agents. Not my first mission. Not your first mission. Not my first mission. Okay. This is not Doc's first mission. This is your first mission working together, though, as a team. So you've been called to the Midwest. You arrive at Indianapolis National Airport. You are you meet your car at the airport. You meet the uh, there's an FBI agent there. Name is unimportant. He gives you the vehicles. Uh, he says these are all signed off. Uh, gives gives the keys to Tannen's character. His name is Elliot Nash. Gives the gives the keys to Elliot. Uh, who's driving in the second vehicle? I'll tell do you. Any of, do either of you have any drive skill other than the default? No, but I mean, it's. it's I'll, I'm driving. I'll drive. It's fine. Okay. Then you're a paramedic. You can't drive? That's a good call. You're a paramedic and you can't drive? What, is, what kind of paramedic are you? Sorry, I was muted. I heal people. I didn't think about the driving part of the job when I made the character. We're, uh, we're off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the guy in the back. He doesn't drive. He's yeah, the, exactly. Yeah, he's in the back of the... <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure they switch, that's besides the point. Not, they not, all draw straws. If the driver, if the, if the driver of Ben's ambulance gets injured, that's just that's it for that patient. <laughs> like, yeah. You're just bad at driving. Not making be, it back. You're, you're bad at driving because I'm making it out of your way anyway, right? Like it's just like I turn the sirens on, everybody fucks off. Like, I can just go where I want. <laughs> Nowhere to stick the needles. I was driving on the sidewalk the other day. It was great. So we're split that's up cool. into two so cars. No yeah, we're in two cars. Yeah, I'll go with Elliot. Okay. So Doc and Elliot are together in the Tahoe. Uh, Freddy and Danny, what was your character's name? Oh, I guess uh, I believe it was Ryan. Yeah. What are we bumping? And you're all supposed to have agent names that are your undercover, unless you are publicly whatever you are. So if one of you is a uh, like FBI agent and you're just using your FBI agent's actual name, that's um, fine. Otherwise, you you should be agent something. So Elliot, what's your agent name? Uh, it's uh, Agent Nash. Okay. Agent Nash. Uh, Tony? Agent Barks, but you can call me Doc. Ben? Uh, I didn't think about that. Um, we can come back to you. Danny? Um, I'm a foreign service officer. Do I need a code name for that? Yeah, so all Delta Green agents call each other agent whatever, because when you're on a mission, you're no, almost always under the guise of, like, some sort of FBI or CAA thing. All right, uh, I'm, I'm Agent Cohen. Cohen. Agent Cohen. Ben? I'd be Agent Johnny. Keeping it simple. Okay. Right, I've written that down as a text box in the... Rule 20, nice. so that you guys can reference it, because I'm sure I will also need to reference it on occasion. But yeah, so you guys arrive at Indianapolis National Airport, you get in your vehicles, uh, they're kitted out. The Tahoe has an M4 in the back with 
four sets of magazines that are loaded, in case you were to ever need them. It also had four sets of tier one body, or says the tier three body armor, the standard FBI body armor in it, one for each of you. Uh, they don't believe you're going to need it on this mission, but it's just standard procedure that you guys all go out in the field with it in case you need it. I can get you the stats for that later. So there's there's uh, one M4 in there. There's one there's one M4 in there, and then the uh, the Impala has a shotgun with 30 rounds, uh, 10 slugs, 10. No, sorry, it's 15 slugs, 15 bird shot is standard for FBI, just in general. Um, in theory, you won't all need an assault rifle of some sort or a shotgun. It's we, just for like emergency uses. Do we have our own guns? As yes. FBI agents are traveling with our okay. own standard sidearm. So. Okay, so yeah, you drive down uh, I-65, I believe. Check, check the map. I-65, yep. Yeah, so you guys head down I-65 south, uh, heading from Indianapolis. You pass through Bloomington on the way through, and then you start heading towards Marengo. Pop my notes back open. Okay. Okay. Back to the. Back to the. Oh, it's not good. Here we go. Okay, so we decided that it was Elliot Nash is driving, right? Correct. Correct. Tahoe. Well, okay, Elliot. Do you have a nerve? Do you have a nervous tick when you're driving? Do you pick your nails or constantly adjust the radio? Uh, no. He's he's kind of used to long trips and drives like this. He's just kind of zoned out watching the road. Calm, cool, and collected. Right. Yeah. And uh, we decided that Doc was riding shotgun. Right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, he's sitting in the middle of the third row. Middle <laughs> okay. of third row. He's sitting Doc, on the console. You... Yeah, he... Doc, as we pass the broken down truck with the mismatched door, you suddenly have the urge to check your sidearm. Where is your sidearm right now? Is it at your side? Is it on your hip? Doc doesn't have a gun. Doesn't have a gun? You suddenly you, you pass this truck and you stare at it and you suddenly wish you had a gun. Why is that? I I have a just a bad feeling in general about this. I I, I have my knife, but I wish that I had taken some sort of training with a gun after my first mission. Okay. We continue onward. Uh, we zoom out of the Tahoe as it turns onto a two-lane road into a small town with a single stoplight. A two-pump gas station has passed by. The title, Pistons, is emblazed on its sign announcing gasoline to be two fifty-six a gallon. Cool pops, 99 cents, any size. We zoom into the Impala. Uh, we decided that it was Freddy, Agent Johnny, that's uh, driving, uh, correct? No, uh, Agent Cohen is driving. I am driving. Agent Cohen is driving, okay. Uh, Agent Cohen, you're blasting the AC in the car, but your vent personally is closed. Why is that? Um, Middle of July, Indiana. It's probably 97, 98 degrees. Because uh, I travel a lot. Um, I'm a, I'm a well-traveled person, and I'm just used to being in hot cars, uh, driving around places that don't normally have air conditioning. Okay. Agent Johnny... Uh, which seat are you in? You in the passenger seat front? You in the back? I'd be in the passenger seat. In the passenger seat? Why didn't you finish the now room temperature cup of greasy coffee that you bothered to bring with you all the way through the airport? 
Well, I like to have something to sip on, but I don't necessarily like to finish it. Just, you know, maybe a little bit of a nervous tick. I'm gonna bring your volume up here a little quiet for me. There we go. Alright, vehicles turn right onto US Highway 66 and find themselves passing a sign that says, Welcome to Marengo, Marengo Cave, five miles ahead on right. The vehicles turn onto a small road marked by a large stone with Marengo Cave set onto a plaque in its face. The road dumps to a small, empty parking lot. A brown SUV marked Sheriff is parked in the fire zone in front of the cave tour building. A white truck with a DNR license plate is parked in the fourth spot from the front. The two other police vehicles are parked near the building, one over the line on a handicapped parking spot. Where do you guys park? Uh, parking lot's empty other than the four police of some variety vehicles. Plenty of spots up front, plenty of spots towards the back. There's a big limestone shelf at the far end of the parking lot. The cave entrance is at the other side. Nash parks near the uh, trooper cars. Okay. Towards the front next to the trooper cars. Yep. Backs into it. Okay. Backs in. It's a mm -hmm. power move. Cohen? Um. Yeah, we're just going to park, but like one space away from this other car. Okay. So you guys park together next to the cops. Next to the cop cars. Uh, you get out of the car. So you step out into the incredibly, just oppressively hot Indianapolis or Indiana summer, and you walk towards the entrance to the cave. Two uniformed police officers approach you as they see you exiting the car. The first is a, is a Caucasian man, overweight with a mustache, middle-aged. He introduces himself as Officer Weber. The second one is a Hispanic man. He's noticeably muscular. Hair that's losing its shape due to the humidity, but this morning was probably coiffed perfectly. He introduces himself as Officer Bueller. Uh, the Officer Bueller steps forward and says, uh, it's, uh, I take it you guys are the, the FBI crew? Yeah, that does. Yeah, good to, good to know. Yeah, you mind uh, showing some identification just uh, you know, before I bring you into the crime scene? Standard procedure. Uh, I Wait, hold on. I have to show it. him my ID? Aren't we the feds? Right, I know, right? Aren't the, uh, no. aren't the vests No, enough? no. I don't show him shit. I walk to this cave. He can fuck off. Uh, sir, you, you, I, can't, I can't let you into the... In, just you splash me your badge, hey, hey. No, we are the federal bureau. He's just some cop, right? Like, to make sure I understand the situation before I go off. Yeah. yeah. You still, you still, you, you would know. You do have to show your, you do have to identify yourself before they'll let you into a crime scene. Fine, whatever. I like, I pull it out, but like, I don't look at him. Like, I pull it out and I keep walking. Yeah, that's fine. He, uh, he, he seems, uh, displeased at your brazen just disregard for his position as a police officer. Uh, and he says, fucking fine. And then the rest of you, what do you do? How do you react? Uh, I just pull up my badge and just walk okay. away. Agent Johnny? I, I, uh, hand it out to him so he can flip through it. Okay, yeah, he takes a look at it. What about you, Doc? Did Tony just cut out for everybody else? Yeah, Tony yeah. yeah, it's because I'm on push to talk. Just some... Yeah, Doc pulls him to the side and just says, you know, rookies, first time on the case, just, you know, disregard it. Yeah, yeah it's fine. 
Uh, Officer Weber says, yeah, so, you know, people come around all the time. Is this your first, your first time? In, is this everybody's first time in Indiana? I've traveled through before. I, I it's a, think, yes. You know, we're, we're an interesting state. A lot of people just fly over, but I'm sorry that your first time here uh, or traveling through stopping had to be for a case like this. Uh, they, they lead you into Marengo Cave, and it's pretty typical in the, when you first enter. It's like this big, it's this, like, big single-story room that's just built into the side of the cave, and it's got a desk over, or not desk, but like a, like a, like a yeah, like a big like desk thing off to the left where you would normally pay your entrance fee, and then it's got a big sign that says cave and an arrow pointing that way. Uh, you see one sign specifically that has cave tours, and it's got like a general admission, and it's you know, five bucks, and then it's got spelunking tour, and that's 30 bucks, and then it's got guided tour, and that's 60 bucks. Um, but there's nobody here. They've closed down the cave because of this. And you're led into an interior part of the cave uh, by Officer Weber. Uh, Officer Bueller stays behind and starts talking to the woman that is sitting behind the counter there. That's probably some person in charge of this cave somehow. Are there, uh, are there like, brochures or anything like that around? Like, yep, there's brochures. There's a, as you first enter on the right, there is a brochure, like, like display. It's got stuff for uh, Rango Cave. It's got mm-hmm. stuff for... Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. It's got stuff for French Lick Casino. Uh, go-kart places that are nearby. We go go-karting. Yeah. Go-karting. <laughs> I grab a go-kart we, one. We have body. We go go-karting. We are going free pass in the back of it. So you're like, oh, hell yeah. Hell I'm going to yeah. go for half price. This is how I'm going to get over yeah. my insanity later. Is I'm going to do some go-karting like in Clerks 2. <laughs> Are, are there any pamphlets with a like a pretty detailed map of the cave itself? Uh, yeah, the Marengo Cave pamphlet has uh, Nash's uh, map of it, and just start flipping through the uh, the map looking for anything like anything that Devil's Back. If this is the only entrance, stuff like that. No, it's pretty uh, simplistic cable. Go ahead and throw up the. You guys, want, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, add, I'll add this as a page actually in the World 20 real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, sorry, you can't do that actually in World 20. I forgot you have to download the photo and then you can. I'll pull up a, uh, I'll pull up a map of it on my uh, my monitor so it can be in the back of Tony's uh, live his video. Yeah, yeah. Just make it your profile picture so then, like, your. You know, that's a good point. Your screen will just be the map. I've been trying to figure out how to get this map on screen for the the, the stream, and uh, I have not found a great way to do it. Here we go. So if you guys are in roll 20, um, I'll pop you over really quick to the... Page you need to be on for that. There you go. You should all be seeing a picture of the cave now, or you're seeing a black screen because there's lighting on for some reason. What do you guys see? Um, I see. I see the full map. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. So you should be seeing a map. So this is the map they uh, show you. You guys are at the Crystal Palace entrance. Yep. You walk. You begin to walk in. And they bring you over here to where it says uh, Mirror Lake. Yes, they bring you over here to mirror to the Mirror Lake, and right where this red meets this green section here 
is a walkway. And we uh, will bring you over to a different image that I have ready for you guys. And this is what it looks like. You guys are out on this shelf, and where this green... This guy in the green jacket is standing. Pretend he's not there. Uh, but right here, on this shelf, there's a there's security tape, and there's a white outline, uh, like, chalk, like, like a chalk outline, but with spray paint, sort of, of some material like that, to make sure that it covers this area here, outlining what looks to be just the shape of, like, a human head, like, would be in a normal chalk outline, but then from that, just, like, a line drawn down. It's not really covering anything. Uh, standing next to this, crouched, uh, crouched down in kind of like an umpire's position, uh, scraping a thin layer of this goop up into a, into a container, is... Oh, is Agent Nina Hartley. Nina Hartley is a is a woman of Asian descent. She's in her mid uh, mid forties. She's wearing typical DNR gear, so like a khaki jacket on. Uh, she's investigating, scooping some of this stuff up. She sees you approaching and says, uh, says uh, stands up and looks at you with like an intensity in her eyes and says, oh, "You must be the Fed team, huh?" Uh, yeah, that's us. We're... Yeah, what do we got? Yeah. Well, this is where they found the the most recent body. I believe it was a. And she opens up a notepad and says, "Melissa uh, Spurgeon was found two days ago. I believe you should have been briefed on that. Do were you aware of the uh, say the state of the body when it was found?" Yes, we've all been given a report. It's like okay. A ball of yarn. She says, "Have you seen the video yet?" I believe we've been shown it, yes. Okay. Wait, ha wait, have we? Ha I don't believe you have. I've not been shown any video. I, I would love to okay. see the video. Yeah, let's just okay. review it. Is there a real video? Did you find some horrifying TikTok? No. <laughs> I wish. Uh, it's made in the. Uh, it's made in Steam Source. Yeah, she. Uh, but she opens up. She has like a issued phone, and she opens it up and begins to show you guys a file. And she accidentally pulls up that over in this first. area. Like in this darker shift, area right. over here, mm -hmm. you see like a, a brief, like a shift. You, you, you so first off, you see a bunch of children. Uh, you're from further oh, back. Okay. This image is taken currently, so like you'd say probably like 12 feet back further than from where this image was taken. And back in this area, you see like a you see like kids whispering and saying something, and you see like a trail guide for the cave system and a a then a teacher, uh, a younger man, is standing in the front, and they you hear like kind of like a splashing sound. And the, the teacher looks at the trail guide and says, what is, what, does something live down here? And the trail guide looks at him and says, um, not, not really. There's, there's some cave fish, um, but they don't normally come up to this, this high up in the cave. I'm not sure. You know, sometimes, uh, larger fish like bass or carp can get washed in here. Uh, we had a heavy storm recently. Uh, so that's probably all it is. But then the thing begins to get closer and closer and closer. And, uh, this kid pushes to the front. And is now like right behind the the cave explorer person who's now getting closer as well. And the teacher like goes to grab him but can't and slips a little bit. Uh, and you just see his hand past the kid, and the kid like zooms in, and you see it when it gets like right about here, a human brain like floating up on the surface. And you hear the child like scream, and he drops his phone and picks it up, and he's grabbed from behind and pulled back. 
as the K person's like, oh my god, uh, um, we, uh, we have to, uh, uh, we need to go back, uh, please just turn around and head back, and then the kid's phone cuts out. Uh, you hear children screaming and people like freaking out and there and stuff like that, but the video cuts out right at that point. And she says, "Yeah, they uh, you know alerted the police immediately afterward. The body was found up on this shelf here, where you see this outline. We're not sure who dragged it out of the water and up there. Uh, we believe at this point that there must have been a current coming from deeper in the cave that moved the rem the remains up to this area, and maybe somebody was walking by and dragged them up onto here." We're not, we're not really sure what's going on, to be honest. Any idea where the remains were washed up from? Well, this part of the cave, uh, if you go if you go back into this section here, we'll drag, we'll pop you guys back out over to the map. She says, this section here, Mirror Lake, that we're in, if you follow it back, it goes towards the natural entrance, uh, which is the original entrance to this cave that was found when it was first, like, discovered as a national landmark, so we think someone may have come in here and dumped the body. Uh, we'll know more in the intermittent days. The lab tests should be back any day now, or any moment now, actually. Uh, we're expecting those. So, the natural entrance does have a, a huge, like, locked door on it, but it's been decided as unsafe because, uh, we're afraid it might cave in at some point in the near future, so it's normally locked, uh, we're not sure how somebody got in. They may have picked the lock and pushed through or something. And where on the map is the entrance again? You guys entered through Crystal Palace entrance. Right. Here, which is where the kids came from. This natural entrance has been oh, okay. up because it's unsafe. That's why there's gotcha. no... Uh, We're going to need a copy of those lab results as soon as they come back. She's, oh, yeah. Also, I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll send them to you first thing. Does this lady know who we are? Yes, she does. But she is okay. not letting... She's not saying... You know, so she doesn't right. know who you are. She doesn't know what Delta Green's called. But we don't need to try to, like, make sure she doesn't get a copy of the lab results. No, you do okay. not. She's she's a friendly. Friendlies are people that are not part of the organization. They've never been directly exposed to anything paranormal enough to make it where they have to join or be killed. Uh, but they are, they've had some sort of run with the organization before. They've found that these people, they don't ask questions, and they will help Delta Green if need be. Hence the term friendly. She might become an agent if you guys are un. If you guys aren't, we fuck uh, up good enough your job, and you let her see something she shouldn't. She might have to become an agent after this. That's your main goal: is, is to stop her from seeing anything, stop everybody from seeing anything. What, what's she good at? In case I need a backup character, <laughs> maybe we expose her to something so I can be like, something. Right, that's me now. <laughs> I mean, there is a there are professions for like. DNR and staff and stuff like that in the book, so... Dude, DNR has a ton of power. Like, we should all just be DNR. Like, if we want to yeah, just honestly, break this game. She's not even regular DNR. She's, like, super DNR. Oh, man, it's super Whoa. DNR. It's my favorite Avenger. Like, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that super DNR has more power than Delta Green. <laughs> that's who we... That's who we answer that's to, we super answer DNR. <laughs> that's why their budget's so large. That's where we get so, all our stuff from. They just confiscate it from other people and give it to yeah. us. <laughs> we should get all this shit people leave out in the woods. She has, uh, she's she's skilled in survival. She's skilled in swim. She's incredibly skilled in navigate, like an 80 in navigate. Uh, she actually has a pretty good human score. Uh, she's got an okay forensic score, an okay first aid score, and she's got a pretty good alertness score and an anthropology score as well. Her bureaucracy is okay. Her criminology is very good. Man, we might... 
maybe. I mean, I, I'm not saying we should expose this woman to something that might literally drive her insane, but uh, we should keep her she around. She sounds like a pretty good asset. Yeah. Let's look at this less of us messing it up and more of <laughs> like an on-the-job interview. Like on a silver lining. Like, yeah. yeah. The, is, the, that what, is that what this is? Are you guys using this as an opportunity to see if you think she could become an agent? Because that's listen, a thing you could be doing. I listen, mean, we don't get commissions the, on people the, who don't join. The op is the friends you make on the way. Right. See, the way yeah. it works is you get it, you get initiated, and then you initiate three more people, and then they initiate three more people. Like this, you don't have to do anything, and then you start selling knives. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like an improv group, kind of. <laughs> One person joins, another person joins. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying that we're explicitly you know, grooming her, but if you know, Austin, I'm thinking about it. It sounds like if you if you if she happens to. Go a little yeah. bit. If we accidentally drop the entire debrief after the mission is over right in front of her and be like, oh no, don't open that. And she does. As we're it. driving away. Okay. Oh, we can suck. We, just an we, we can have a bid discussion for this lady bills. later. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, also, when everybody views this video and sees the brain pop up, I need you to make a sanity check. Uh, oh. I will do that as soon as I remember. Under. You go under your sanity score. It's uh, to the unnatural because, oh, so all that happens that I described in the video, mm -hmm. but just even watching the video, you guys can tell this thing isn't like being pulled by a current. It changes direction and begins, you see like the nerve endings oh, it's a sentient behind brain. the brain are kind of like a swim and it's, it's like pulling itself towards these kids, like towards these people through this water. Okay. First roll and I didn't fail. How about that? So it's it's, it's under, right? Yes. Sixteen. Oof, that's a forty-two. I'm over. Yeah, you lose one point of sanity. Man, I've got a lot of sanity. I'm losing points. Yeah, what's what's everybody's breaking points out of curiosity? Like sanity to breaking. Because mine is oh. sixty and my breaking is forty. Roll underneath Stan. Yes. Okay. Oh, underneath our sand or underneath our unnatural? Sanity. It's sanity. Oh, never mind. I'm cool. Yeah, we should all have zero in unnatural. Uh, I, I do not. you have like a special background? I have 30 in unnatural. I'm slightly Ooh. already insane. Makes sense. Yeah, I had to like... <laughs> I had to sacrifice a lot to get that, but it's whatever. My breaking is super low. It's like 37. Oh, jeez. Mine, uh, mine is 48 from 60, so I can take a couple hits. I'm uh, 70 to 56. Alright. So we're definitely recruiting this lady just so I can keep playing this game, is what it sounds like. <laughs> Possibly. Right. Yeah, so yeah, if you, if, you that, if you fail your sanity watching this video, you lose one sanity due to unnatural. It's uh, There are four different ways to lose sanity. It's violence, unnatural, and I can't remember the other two off the top of my head right now. Oh, helplessness. I think, so that's, that's, no, I think that's it, isn't it? Because it's... it's because it's the three oh, things yeah, you yeah. can take in character creation make you immune to one of those three things. Yeah, you can never become immune to the unnatural. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's uh, violence, help, helplessness, and unnatural. That was unnatural. So if you feel like you lose one sanity watching this video. Uh, and so doctor, uh, or not doctor, uh, officer, whatever his name is. I, I need to get this printed out on a sheet that I can just hang up so I can look at it. Officer Weber. Uh, Officer Weber is, like, standing, and when she goes to show you guys the video, uh, he, like, kind of steps forward, and she's like, 
Uh, she says, uh, no, uh, sorry, officer, this is for the case. He's like, oh, okay. And I'll do it. He's like still like kind of standing around. You guys are all like standing there, like waiting. Waiting. Yeah, we're just waiting for him to back up. And yeah, finally, Nina Hartley, uh, uh, agent, or agent should be, Officer Hartley says, uh, I think uh, I think we, we have some things we need to discuss. Uh, Officer Weber, if you wanted to go and guard the front door again, that, that'd be nice. You know, just some, some above bar stuff. It's kind of, you know, tight, tight knit. And he goes, oh, uh, yeah, of course. And he kind of like pats his thigh and turns around and walks uh, out of the cave. And she turns, she turns to all of you and says, all right, I don't know what's going on. I don't know any of you, but uh, you saw that video as well as I did. Something ain't right. Do you know where the bodies are being stored right now? Are they at the county morgue? Yeah, bodies are at the county morgue in Paoli. Uh, if you want to head there to investigate them yourselves, you're more than welcome to. Uh, she said I did find her investigation score. Invest or not investigation. Her. Um, sorry. This. It's the uh, whatever the forensics her forensics score is pretty good. She goes, I I did find uh, some some of this like weird, like sticky substance I scraped up here in the container. I'm gonna have this sent sent to uh, be analyzed as well. Uh, so if you uh, you're welcome to do anything you want in your investigate side as you see if, as you see fit. Uh, you're free to go anywhere you want in the national park. You need gear, or if you need scuba gear or anything, let me know. We can bring some up. Just, just take care of this. And she says, "Do you need me for anything?" Where are you sending that goop off to? Um, it's gonna go to this uh, a lab in Indianapolis, it's the uh, FBI lab. It's, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, she says, "I don't know. I, th- I think it's contracted through Eli Lilly, maybe, but they do a lot of work to the state." They're just gonna. I'm not. I don't think a human being will even see the results. They just send them straight back to us after they run them. So, okay. We're gonna need those as soon as you get them. Yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll send them to you. I'll send them to you uh, as soon as possible. Do you have a uh, full full case report on the uh, initial investigation, or should uh, we see uh, the locals for that? Absolutely. Uh, she's all right. I have been here for several hours. I'm going to go take a nap if that's cool and you don't need anything. Yeah, that's I fine. We, we should just let her go. Here. Yeah, that's fine. Go go yeah. away. <laughs> just get go, go take two. That's great. Uh, if you need me, call me. And she gives you guys her phone number. Uh, she says, this is a government line, of course. She, uh, and then she walks off towards the cave entrance as well. She says, they'll we'll, we'll have a crew through to clean up the scene. They're going to open up the caves again in uh, t- tomorrow, I believe. So... Okay. Cool. So we're in this cave alone now. Yep. Dope. So it sounds like the case uh, scene will right. uh, get covered itself. We don't have to worry necessarily about that. Okay. So um, we investigate, right? We start looking for stuff. See what's yeah. up. Yes. I want to make various checks. Um. Okay. What are you looking for? I don't know yet. That's what I'm thinking about. Um. So all we know is it is a cave that had some. Uh, well, I mean, I guess all nervous sentient or nervous systems are sentient, but a very unfortunately sentient nervous system. Unfortunately um, mobile. Yeah, very mobile sentience. Uh, that came out of that little black area, right, like in the back of that cave photo. Yes. 
<sighs> can I uh, can I go roll a search on the area where that 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 shade change happens? Back there. Yeah. 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 What do you do? Do you do you have like rubber boots or? Um, I I would. My character probably would still be in like waterproof boots. So okay. Probably just you know walk right. Yeah. In. So you walk out. You can see there's like a rock roll shelf. my heels. You know. Now, there's a rock shelf out to here, but it gets super deep right where you see that darker area at, and mm. it's kind of. I mean, it's cave water, but it's pretty dark in here. And you look down, you can't see the bottom of the floor in that darker area. Um, but in the video you guys saw, it, the, the thing moved from all the way like over in here first. Mm -hmm. So you walk around, you go to this cliff, you go over here, and to get around like this jut, you have to put your arms on it and kind of like jump over uh, so that you don't just put your feet into this incredibly deep section, but you get over there with relative ease, I would assume. You don't have any, you're, uh, you're fit, right? Yeah, yeah. None of you guys have like bad legs or anything, so I'll say that you just get over there pretty easily. I'm super athletic. Uh, if if you were to if you were to quantify it as a number between three and eighteen, be a six. <laughs> yeah, I Good. rolled real bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. It does not take a roll to do this. It's just kind of like precarious. Uh, if you'd had any sort of like a bad leg or an arm, you might have had to like get help. Okay, so you make it over there pretty easily, and you look down, and you, you're looking down in there, and this is just a part of the cave that's not, uh, like, it's not mapped or anything. It it's, uh, goes deeper and deeper in until it eventually just comes even with the water level, and you look into it, and there's no natural light back there, because they only run lights to the part where people really walk and where you can see stuff. Do you have a flashlight? I would assume we would have brought in. Did we, so, like, in the back of every FBI Car. There is a forensics kit. Yep. I assume we grab both of them. I, w I would imagine. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, is okay. it is it safe to assume that like like we know we're going to a cave to investigate cave stuff? Is it just safe to assume that we probably have like yeah, the basic spelunking? Like we probably have headlamps, right? Like yeah, we probably yeah. have like rubber pants that we can put on, and, like waders. Well, I wasn't sure. The reason I asked was because you guys came down here and weren't necessarily expecting to be um, like exploring the crime scene immediately you were just meeting Nina Harley at the scene mm -hmm. so I wasn't sure if any of you had like special gear or anything I, you I feel like it bring I, yeah I suppose that's that's fair or maybe we would so let's do like anything, a sorry go ahead yeah I was gonna say if anything you probably have like a scene where Nina Harley's like do you need anything you know you've got run of the scene yeah. and she leaves and then you guys like put on your rubber pants that go over your clothes or do you just yeah, check right there I was gonna yeah. say or at the very least like if we didn't bring the stuff from the, the FBI vehicles we go back to the FBI vehicles to get like the forensic gear and stuff yeah let's do like a preliminary look and then let's go get stuff and then actually like do some spelunking maybe yeah you guys look around you don't see anything out of the ordinary other than again like there's this dried sticky material uh, on the ground where the body was kind of traced at yeah, can I use a forensics kit to like scrape some of that up? Yeah, go ahead. What is a what's your forensic score? Fifty, and I rolled a forty-three, so I pass. Oh, you don't have to roll. Uh, you only well, have you to. You know roll. what? I rolled and I passed. You so. did. You did. In this game, you only have to roll if it's something you may or may not succeed at. Since you were already told the goop was there, uh, you can scrape it up with no problem. Now, if you want to, like, use your forensic history... Yeah, I was going to say, can I use, like, my foren the forensics kit to possibly do a couple of, like, preliminary tests on that goo to try to figure out what it is? 
Absolutely. So yeah, so whatever you guys are doing, Doc is scraping up some of this goo and using the field kit to oh. test some of it. And you're, oh. you, you run it through the test kit, and it's not anything that you're necessarily familiar with, and it doesn't pop as anything through the test kit. It's not blood. Um, and it's not brain matter or anything like that, which is what you might have expected it to be. Uh, it's definitely organic, but you're not certain other than that. You know, it's sticky, and it's got kind of it's like this pinkish tinge. I have a 60 in biology. Would I be okay. able to recall anything about this or uh, any cases of sentient neuro... or just sentient um, nervous systems outside of a body? Like, any uh, cases of let's that? Have, let's, have you roll on, let's have you roll on that one. Oh, to, yeah, to, so to call back to anything like this, no, this is unlike anything you've yeah. ever heard of. For somebody, for a, for a corpse like this to have been dissected, have the spine and brain and eyes pulled out is something like only a medical professional could do, and it's normally only done by students who are dissecting a human body for their first time. Um, specifically like neuroscience students and stuff like that. They go through and they will dissect a whole human body layer by layer. Uh, in one of their call like one of their doctorate level courses. Yeah, like I was gonna, I have got like a fifty in a cult. Like, just okay. do I know of like, oh uh, yeah, there's like lore around insert cult and or evil monster thing that does this. Yeah, with a fifty in a cult, you think about the fact that you think about it, and you're definitely familiar with different various cults that will take will dissect a human body and pull the brain out specifically and store it in jars because they believe that if you store a brain in a jar with certain fluids and stuff like that that you can keep the keep the brain alive separate from the body uh, indefinitely but of course that's all hogwash there's no way scientifically you can do that um, but a lot of cults believe you can uh, as a matter of fact there have been when cults have been busted brains have been found stored in all kinds of different fluids and liquids like okay. that. So we're, le we're I'm leaning towards cult right now as far as far as like thing that might have as done. Far this. As, a, as far as a past to recall biology stuff, is the liquid strike me as familiar as it's, like a role in bio a pass in biology as a surgeon? It doesn't strike you as familiar, but it definitely you, you're looking it over and you test it through this kit and it's it's definitely organic. It's not a synthetic material, so it's not like a pickling liquid. Or something that like a medical youth person would put a body in the storage and store it or anything like that. All right. Well, this Damn. cave is giving me the heebies. Um, I vote bail and try to get some stuff and decide what we want to do. Unless yeah. anybody else has something else they want to do with this cave right now. Uh, I just wanted to go in back into the section where it first appeared with a, just like a flashlight or like a backlight, maybe a camera, just to kind of see what's back there. Yeah, Agent Nash, you walk back there. Uh, Agent Johnny, do you go back there with him, or what are you doing? No, if anything, I would be trying to assist Doc, but it doesn't sound like I'd be helping in any way. Uh, we'll say that you, just... you continue. You're a you're a paramedic. Doc is running some tests on this fluid, and you're helping him collect more or not fluid. This like substance, you're helping him collect more of it in a container. Yeah, I was just... What's that? What's that look like between the two of you? Oh, he definitely has more medical experience because I am working as a paramedic to help pay my way through med school. So I would be defaulting to his expertise. As a paramedic, you might be more experienced in scraping ran 
weird fluids off of or from dead bodies off of streets and caves, though. Are there are there assists in this game? Like, can you assist somebody on something and give them a boost to their roll? I don't believe so. No. Okay. okay. I won't say no, that but I is what I was going for. Reading anything like that. I guess like there kind of is. It's because like it's very narrative driven, right? So if you just if a check becomes slightly easier to make because somebody helped you do it, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can do that. So if someone helps you, I, it's a plus twenty. If they help you, uh, help you, and it's a plus forty if they help you incredibly well, but getting a plus forty is almost impossible. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you give Tony a plus twenty to to his check. Yeah. Yeah. But he uh, succeeded regardless. Cool. But I, yeah. morally, I, I liked that you helped me. That Teamwork the, makes the dream work. Yeah. That's the two you're talking, geeking out about doctors. So, but yeah. So, uh, uh, Agent Nash, you walk back in that section. And sure enough, you see, if you walk back, and there's no lights back here, they've turned them off because this section of the cave isn't open to the public anymore. Mm-hmm. But you see these just these massive iron doors that have been around 80, 60, 80 years, probably since this cave first became a national, became a national landmark on these massive hinges set up this staircase that leads up. Uh, but from where the from where the uh, corpse itself was found, you go over there and you shine your or your headlamp if you're looking around you shine your flashlight over the course of the water like I said it just goes down and evens out with the water but you can see like with your flashlight down in there that there's more cave underneath the surface of the water that just continues until blackness okay okay I assume Um, you you relay that information to all of us yeah yeah and then would I could I like try to guess as to where that's going or if like it's meeting up with another section of the cave or if it's yeah, Mar- like... you so Marengo cave connects to a ton of caves in this area as a matter of fact in 2018 a spelunking crew uh was in mammoth cave and found an area of the cave that when they ran uh, like sonar through it connected all the way to Marengo cave from mammoth cave in an area that was too small for a human body to pass through Big enough for a brain. <laughs> a mobile, mobile nervous system could do it, though. But yeah, yeah, but looking looking into this area, I mean, it's a huge it's a huge section down there. It's twenty feet mm-hmm. across. I mean, they call this a, a lake, I believe that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mirror mirror lake is the area you're looking at. It's it's a large body of water that goes underground, and then all the wa- rainwater and flooding and snow snow melt in the winter dumps into this watershed that feeds into this cave and there's a huge underground river that runs under all of southern indiana uh like that's like the size of the ohio river i believe but underground so damn the more you know yeah but you're 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 shining your flashlight over this and you're you're, this goes somewhere deep into the cave system yeah i'm gonna shout out that the source of where it came from is probably deeper within like underwater yeah well the current working theory from the police officers is that somebody broke in through the natural entrance and dumped the body here can i go inspect the uh the natural entrance absolutely yeah all right cool i'm gonna do that um yeah. i don't uh, like I'm, i guess i'm just gonna look at like the, the the condition of the staircase and the condition of the door more importantly uh yeah what's your investigation uh, uh, I, I I go help. I also uh, like sort of what it would be. 
Because my search is a 70. Wait, what is this door? Is this like a natural door that's like old, or is this just something they put on the cave? So the natural entrance to the cave is just like an opening in the ground that you can walk down to. That's right. There's a ladder. Sure. But keep people from using it and to keep it closed when like the cave was closed as a natural landmark, there are these massive metal doors that were put in. Got like it. Incredibly heavy. You know, the type of door you would put on the outside of a cave to cave national landmark in like the 1930s. Does anybody here not suck at criminology? Uh, I I have a 15 criminology. Oh, okay. I, then yeah, let's do this. I, in theory, I would have a master's in criminology if that was... You're basically Batman. Basically, yeah. Minus the uh, dead parents and, well, the rich part. And Austin. Yes. Uh, did the agent who was here waiting for us happen to mention anything about the virus that the kids had gotten from down here? She did not. She, she would not have seen any of the kids. She's just here to investigate the murders on National Landmarks, so she would not be aware of anything to do with that other than that they were brought, some of them were brought to a hospital. Would a 30 in law help me here with this door? In law? law Dude, use your criminology else. and see if it was broken into. Yeah, or if um, if it wasn't broken into, can I somehow find a way to make it look like it possibly was in case we do need to cover this up as someone, well, if we can, you know, follow the alibi? Let's do Absolutely. that later. Let's see if we we're can. We're already yeah. doing cover-ups. Exactly. <laughs> we're just, what's another one? You know what? I murder all the cops. Let's just cover up <laughs> I take the shotgun. Everybody's dead. Yeah, no, I mean, as, you guys are the you guys are in charge of this investigation. So you, if you just say, "Yeah, we found evidence that somebody broke through that door," then they just have to believe you. Yeah, I fully like. I, my dude is very good at lying. Twenty-two crit. Yeah, criminology. Yeah. So twenty-two hundred exactly thirty. Criminology covers. Ah, oh, here we go. Hold on. Well, I have this book. Why am I not looking at it, too? So criminology is used to identify and predict criminal behavior, deduce relationships between members of conspiracy, analyze criminal activity, examine witness statements, or know whom to talk to in the criminal underground. So this would probably not be criminology. Darn. It'd probably be forensics. Uh -oh. Okay. Uh, my yeah, it'd be forensics. Hey, I'm going to not roll forensics and walk up and say, yeah, looks like the door was busted into me. They have to believe us. Yeah, no, but if you walk, if you walk up to it, you it, it, who has the highest forensics of anybody who walks up to it? I have a fifty. Yeah, so you walk up to it and you look at the hinges on this door. It has not been opened in years, and you can tell because of the level of rust on the hinges. No shit. Taking a look at it. But yeah, you. So your character stands up and says what you just said, though. I can dig it. Can we all just take a moment to uh, appreciate Southern Indiana law enforcement? Really, their working theory is that somebody dissected an entire body perfectly, better than I could have as a surgeon, and then brought half of it to hide it here in a, la in a national landmark. That's their working theory. If um, That's your if, tax dollars, kids. I don't know. I, I've seen Boondock Saints, and if we if, learned anything from that cop they make fun of for having crazy theories, he's right about all of them. <laughs> so maybe... We hope you enjoyed the program. As always, this has been an Aureus Network production, published by arrangement with the Delta Green Partnership. The intellectual property known as Delta Green is a trademark and copyright owned by the Delta Green Partnership, who has licensed its use here.
The contents of this show are Aureus Networks, excepting those elements that are components of Delta Green intellectual property.